lovely, it's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Neurotransmitters and Weight Loss. If you're currently struggling with your weight or have in the past, then you know how challenging that can be, right? This whole journey with food. In the Soul Frequency book that I wrote, I talk about my own struggles with food throughout my young life, how I finally made peace with it, and how I've helped hundreds of others do the same. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard women say things like, I just can't stop eating certain foods. Like, like it seems like an insurmountable challenge. And so when I met my guest today and she started talking to me about neurotransmitter imbalances and how that can affect a person's success with weight loss, I mean, she had my full attention and you know how intuitive I am and I do this all the time for people. But as she was talking, I was thinking, man, she needs to be speaking about this like around the world because I don't think it's being talked about enough. And I think it holds the key to understanding how these imbalances play a role in weight loss, right? And how we take care of our body. So my guest today is going to share about some of her discoveries with neurotransmitters, how she is treating them, and also she'll share about her quiz um, where you can see if you have imbalances, and I took that quiz, and so we'll talk about that on today's show as well. My guest today is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, who is on the cutting edge of holistic healthcare. As a chiropractor and functional medicine practitioner, she helps people get out of pain and reach their maximum potential through her unique approach she has developed after studying under some of the finest minds in her field. Dr. Barter has always had a mind for high-level problem solving. In her early 20s, she was introduced to chiropractic, whereas she'd been very skeptical until it changed her life. The treatment was like magic. She felt new and light, like a better version of herself. But she immersed herself in school, learning not only the art and science of chiropractic modalities, but also functional blood chemistry analysis, nutrition, applied kinesiology, and natural remedies. She now specializes in difficult functional medicine cases, helping people with issues concerning their thyroid, blood sugar, gut health, and hormone dysfunction, as well as other metabolic conditions. Dr. Barter went to chiropractic school at the University of Western States in Portland, Oregon, and her practice, Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic, is located in Colorado. With no further ado, the lovely Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Hey, Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm psyched to be here. I think we're going to have some fun today. We are definitely going to have some fun and we're going to dive into my brain chemistry, which I mean, can you think of anything more fun? 
I'm really dig this stuff and I feel like it's a little dorky, but I really think it affects so many people. So I'm into it. Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. And I have to just give context to people. Um, so Laura Powers connected us and um, she's amazing. And we were talking on the phone. And so Anne was telling me about neurotransmitters and, you know, how this affects like our ability to, you know, just function in life, but how to lose weight. I think we were particularly talking about, and I immediately was like, you should be talking about this 24 seven. Everybody needs to know about this. You have to come on the show and we have to talk all about it. So here we are, we're doing it a month later or so. And can you give some background, first of all, just into your work? I know you do more than just looking at neurotransmitters, a lot more, and just how you got interested in holistic health. All right, well, my, a little bit of just a smidge about my background story, which is what got me into this today, was nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And the bottom line is I just ended up going to doctor after doctor after doctor and being told that I was like perfectly healthy. And I was so frustrated because I felt bad. I felt fatigued. I was bloated. I was running all the time. I was a little overweight. I had acne. I had PMS that um, I was mis I, I mis mistook my PMS for um, my appendix rupturing. That's how serious my PMS was. And I just felt so frustrated. And finally, a doc helped me that um, was into alternative medicine and did nutrition. Um, he was a chiropractor and he was like, oh, your gut's a mess. Oh, you, you actually need to change your diet. No one had ever talked to me about diet. No one had ever talked to me about, oh, you know, these things will help balance your hormones. Oh, this will fix this thing. Oh, we need to stabilize your blood sugar. No one had ever discussed any of those things with me until this man. And ultimately, my period cramps changed, my acne went away, I lost weight, I and I became so passionate about this because I fell in an area that I call the gray zone, which meant there was nothing seriously clinically wrong with me except I was losing an organ, aka your appendix, so clearly there was, but I was in that area that it's like, well, not too much is wrong with you, and what I do now is I try to help people figure out why they have fatigue, why they have irritable bowel syndrome, what's going on with their Hashimoto's, why can't they stick to this quote unquote diet, or why do they not feel rested after long hours of sleep or unmotivated? So I started to work with these things that are almost subclinical and sometimes like completely clinical. Sometimes it's in full-blown autoimmunity, just whatever walks into my office. I mean, you know the drill on that. And you know, it's always an experience. And I am just very, very passionate about helping people find health um, because it's really hard when you feel bad. Yeah, it is. It's horrible when you feel bad. And I think, you know, there's so much information around this time and so many people sharing their stories where they have literally tried everything and they have you know, they're exhausted, they have no energy, they don't feel good. And I don't know what you call them, but they have all these symptoms that seem unidentifiable. Like it's hard to figure out, you know, what the root causes of those. And there's a lot of, do you see a lot of that in your practice? Just like what is going on in my body and I can't figure it out? Yep, all the time. And they're told 
hey, I need to go see a psychiatrist. Hey, I was put on these antidepressants or antipsychotics because there's nothing wrong with me. Oh yeah, I have you know hormone dysregulation, all this. I was just put on birth control and I still feel terrible. Or, hey, they diagnosed a thyroid condition. They put me on meds and I still feel fatigued. I'm so constipated. I still feel anxious and fatigued. I can't sleep. Like it's constant. And I feel like people just get pushed aside um, and, and they're trying to find answers. By the time they end up in my office, you know, um, they're, th- these people are motivated and they're desperate to, to get some help and to get some answers of what's going on. And so I read blood work in a different way. You know, I look at blood work in a completely different way to figure out what's going on because blood work, this is, this is something that most people don't know. It's a standard deviation of the population, which is a super fancy way of saying that you're compared to everybody around you. And if, if everybody that went to that lab was sick, then obviously the numbers are going to be skewed for that. So that means that in the last year, you know, who, who gets their lab work run? People that probably don't feel good. I mean, I would say at least 80 to 90% of people running their labs have something going on and that's what they use as their health standards. So just because you're in reference range doesn't mean you're healthy. Everybody makes that correlation. And that also doesn't mean you don't have symptoms. And guess what? It doesn't mean that you don't have full-blown autoimmune disease. See it all the time. Great point. It is so true. Like maybe you get a physical if you're super healthy and you get your blood work done. But I have had so many people tell me over the years, like, well, my blood work is normal. It's like, okay, but you're having all of these symptoms. So obviously you need to look deeper. And what is it for you that really had you start looking at neurotransmitters? You know, I, this is kind of funny. So I make people do an elimination diet when they come in and I want to figure out what foods are contributors to, to, to some of what's going on, to some of their symptoms, because most people have some, some people have food allergies and then some people have food sensitivities. So in the process of me healing the gut, I go down to a very minimal diet for about four weeks. And then I have people slowly reincorporate the food. And my goal is to get people to reincorporate as much as we can food wise without them having symptoms, because I want them to have a diverse microbiome, but we do other things. So I had patients come in for a while and say, I really want to do this diet, but I can't, I can't not have a cookie. I can't not have chocolate. I really had to have that pasta. And, and, and they would, they would express to me, there was their willpower and that this was such a struggle and it, it got to me, but I, I didn't really know why I didn't have the answers. Um, but I, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. So my commute increased 10 minutes. And I've always been pretty good on how I've eaten. Um, and I found myself stopping at Whole Foods. We have this in common for a chocolate chip cookie. I love chocolate chip cookies. We're soul sisters. <laughs> we I'm like, I just, I have to have this chocolate chip cookie. And I was like, oh my goodness. This is what my patients are talking about. This is this pull that I'm like, well, I know better. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know that I, I don't need X, Y, Z. But I was, I was burning so hard. I was pushing so hard. And 
you know, things weren't quite right with my blood sugar and gut health at the time because of high levels of stress and environmental toxicity, et cetera, that I'm trying to boost my neurotransmitters with simple carbohydrates and sugar, which ends up in this like cycle that's not good. So initially you feel good and then you crash and then you crave more carbohydrates like sugar, chocolate chip cookies. It comes back up. You crash a couple hours later because the blood sugar is, um, you have to have stable blood sugar to have, to have healthy neurotransmitters. And you also have to have the right microbiome in your gut to be able to produce these neurotransmitters because guess what? They're primarily produced in the gut. So chocolate chip cookies, not the best neurotransmitter <laughs> It's not, that's such terrible news. <laughs> I, know, I know, they're so good. I was like, must stop, must not go in. Like two weeks, I, I think it was like a week in a row. And I'm like, this needs to stop. And at that point, I'm like, I feel this draw that my patients are talking about. What a gift to be able to say, you know what? This isn't a willpower issue. You have some neurotransmitters that we need to boost up to make this elimination diet so much easier on you. It's such a brilliant thing. I think, I mean, you know, I think that this should be what you talk about in the world the most because I think it's so cool. And I've not heard anybody really talking about it specifically in the way that you were explaining to me when we first connected. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating that I noticed, because after we talked, I was like, you know, I eat a very healthy organic diet. And when I, like everybody get busy or just kind of, you know, fall off track, what happens for me is like less vegetables start happening and Mm -hmm. more like things like a rice cracker, right? With like something on it. And I just, I don't go way down the road of like, you know what I mean? Because I just don't anymore. But but I do make these shifts. And what I realized after the first time we talked is I'm like, you know, we all have moments where life gets busier. We all have these moments, you know, some shifts may be very broad for some people. Some shifts might feel smaller, but they, your body still feels it. And when I feel like I get away from what ultimately makes my body feel really good, I feel it in my body. And I think the older we get, in life, the more we feel those subtle shifts and the more, which is a great news in a way, because whenever I feel like, okay, I get more vegetables back in my diet and I'm, you know what I mean? Really feeling an alignment. I feel my body perk right up. And so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to really look at, you know, that's the way I have thought about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned neurotransmitters, I was like, oh, this is a whole other level mm-hmm. of, really looking at the different ways that we feel and why we're attracted to different foods. So tell me, dine down on us, the neurotransmitter world and what we all need to know about this. And I know I took, oh my gosh, you guys, Dr. Ann has like the coolest quiz on her website, which I took, right, to really look at all of these different areas and look at all of my neurotransmitters, which I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's really cool because this this gives me a snapshot into, you know, the brain chemistry. And I have a, I always ask my patients at the beginning, like, here's the diet that I want you to do. Here's the elimination. Does this seem too hard? Have you tried this in the past? And if they say, you know, yes, I really struggle with doing X, Y, Z. And I, and I, I talk to them about neurotransmitters. So the ones that I'm going to go into today, and there are more than this, but I'm going to talk primarily about serotonin, dopamine 
and GABA. Okay, so um, serotonin, most people know about as like an antidepressant. Like you hear about SSRIs or um, Lexapro or um, Zoloft is another one. And so both of the, these things um, are going to boost serotonin in the brain, right? And so this is straight serotonin. Your body, again, should be able to make these things. Again, you should be able to make these things from your gut, from having a healthy diet, from not having gut infections, um, not having leaky gut, having the correct microbiome or the correct like gut flora, and then having stabilized blood sugar and then the right cofactors to make these things. So um, serotonin deficiency doesn't necessarily mean that you can't get off the couch. I think everybody says, well, I'm not depressed. So I tell patients about a time where I had a lot of stress coming down and I do not avoid like um, a high hectic lifestyle. So it's something that I always have to watch out for when I start to get really depleted, right? And I don't, I know you don't either. So the, the big thing that I noticed in my own life was I had to decorate two, two, a, a new house. I had to put my house on the market and then I had to move my office. And so I had all this stuff going on um, at one time. It was kind of overwhelming. And so, you know, decorating two places was bananas. And I felt like I was so apathetic to how the decorations looked. Guess what, guys? That's serotonin deficiency. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't flat out on the couch. None of that. So when I look at your neurotransmitter sheet, the only serotonin deficiency that you have is you feel overwhelmed with ideas to manage sometimes. And, and sometimes that's just, hey, there's a lot going on. But sometimes doing, um, you know, things to help boost up our serotonin helps. But very common things that we see with serotonin deficiency, especially on the quiz, would be losing pleasure in, in hobbies and interests are one. Um, and then another one that people don't like to admit, but this happens a lot, are feelings of inner rage or anger. Like you don't know why you're mad. Like road rage is a great example of this. Like, right, you just get triggered and something comes up. Um, you know, feeling like you're not really happy or enjoying life. Like serotonin is your happy um, neurotransmitter. Like you should feel joyful about being places and about doing things and about decorating and about your friends and your favorite food. People that tell me, they come in and they say, you know what? Nothing sounds good. I just don't really want to eat anything. I'm so bored with my diet. I'm so over it. That is like a sign of low serotonin as well. And people aren't correlating that again, because they think of just depression as not being able to get off the couch and then um, feelings of unprovoked anger or feeling more pain. So an interesting case that people don't link with serotonin is, you know, if you have a patient come in, for example, and they have all these headaches that they can't get to the bottom of almost like migraines and they've tried everything and, and nothing really works you can actually have a serotonin deficiency that's contributing to migraines. So really super interesting stuff. So it's it, serotonin is important. Um, other things that we see with uh, serotonin issues are OCD is another one. And then um, high levels of IBS or irritable bowel syndrome and fibromyalgia are all linked to low levels of serotonin. 
So, I mean, I think that all of those relate and then we can see deficiencies in those. And so you can see that if you just don't feel happy, you don't really care about what you're eating. You don't care about going to really enjoy life. And you're just kind of apathetic and bleh. And nobody really wants to go through life like that. So that's the first one I think is really, really important. And I think that's, that's so powerful to know. I mean, those connections, like obviously how many people are struggling with IBS and migraines and mm-hmm. you know, fibromyalgia. I mean, that link to me is golden. What do you do for those that might be going, oh my gosh, that might be me. Like, what are some of the treatments? I know you can't, you know, obviously everyone needs to go to their own doctor and, you know, get tests run and things like that. But what are some of the things to boost serotonin? Well, I mean, number one, you really need to heal your gut. You need to fix your blood sugar. You need to figure out also what's going on on lab work. Um, so, you know, St. John's wort is a natural SSRI for, for starters, you know, but ultimately St. John's wort is also like pretty debated and controversial herb. So it, it interacts with a lot of medications on the other side of things, you know, other things that we think of, uh, serotonin, you know, we think about B vitamins as well. We think about magnesium. We think about, you know, um, you know, just making sure that you're methylating correctly, like, uh, B12 and B9 and P5P and niacin. So all those things like contribute, but, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, tryptophan, which is found in protein products like turkey. That's why, you know, the tryptophan, that's a precursor for serotonin as well. Um, 5-HTP and, you know, again, St. John's War. So it's important to make sure that number one, you have the cofactors, um, that your gut is absorbing and you're breaking down the food that you're eating to have enough B vitamins because they get depleted when you get stressed out. And a, and a lot of people are having trouble converting uh certain B vitamins now, like we call it like methylation problems and having issues with that. So, um, and those are genetic SNPs. So, I mean, ultimately that's what it comes down to, but stabilizing blood sugar, fixing gut health um, is really, really important. You know, when I talk about neurotransmitters, I always want people to know that it's short term. So if I give somebody a neurotransmitter, I'm like, listen, this is something that I want to do short term for you. You've been through a lot of stress. You've been through a lot of trauma. I want to get you through this, this point. And then I want to fix your gut. I want to fix your microbiome. I want to be able to incorporate these foods back in and, and, and kill off these infections to figure out how we can boost you up. So you make your own, you know, certain neurotransmitters can take four months to work with the right, uh, probiotic or the right microbiome, you know, to start to be able to farm those things. So, you know, so that's important. So it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. I think that's an important point. It's like, you know, definitely helping the neurotransmitters, but like, let's repair the gut where these are actually made, right. And boost the body. I think that's a super important point to make. What is, what is GABA? Well, yeah, one other, let me make one other point about serotonin, because I think this is uh, also important. I get a lot of folks that come in that are really ready to get off, or they come in and they, they come in sheepishly because they're on an antidepressant and they feel embarrassed about it, or they feel bad about it because they're on some form of an SSRI. And they say, you know, I went through this really hard time and it really helped me. Absolutely. I'm sure it did. And I'm sure that that was important. And they say, you know, is there ever a way for me to get off of this? Is there ever a way where I would feel good enough to get off of this 
And there absolutely is. And I also want to tell people that, you know, they can go down, they can go to their primary care, whomever prescribed it, and they can go on a reduced dosage. You know, they can, the MD can come up with a protocol or the prescribing doc can come up with a protocol to start to step them down where they don't feel those terrible side effects of coming off. And I also tell people that they will know when they're ready to approach um, that primary care about it. Like they'll feel good enough, like they don't need it anymore. And so, I mean, I just, I think there's always hope, but people are really afraid that things will come back. And I, I always, I want to encourage people that you can create this. This is made in your body. You farm your own serotonin and it's amazing. You just have to make sure you have the right things in place. So good. Such, so a, cool. such an important conversation. Right. Um, so you asked me about GABA. So GABA, you know, I think about someone says, you know, you need a Xanax, right? Um, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, you find someone that's really kind of hyper. You find somebody that is sort of like Tigger. <laughs> it's almost how I look at them. Um, they just can't stop. They're kind of high anxiety. They're go, go, go. So some of the, the questions on my form, and you, you can see if any of these relate to folks, but you feel anxious or panicked for no reason. You have feelings of dread or impending doom. You feel knots in your stomach. You have feelings of being overwhelmed for no reason. You have guilt about everyday decisions. Your mind feels restless. And most people report the mind feeling restless when they, when they lay down at night and when it's quiet. Um, and then these people are unable to turn their mind off when they want to relax. They're going through lists and lists and lists and lists. Um, disorganized attention, really worried about things they weren't worried about before. And they describe this inner tension. Um, inside their body. And so I really kind of describe this like a tigger or like a very, very anxious, high-strung person. And so GABA tends to be pretty comative and it helps people relax. Um, it helps people fall into um, a, a deep uh, restful sleep for starters. And it just helps calm down a lot of anxiety. Um, I don't feel see people pushing this as much with diet I just feel, I just generally see an anxious person that can't get to the bottom of it. And then they're tired because generally they don't sleep well. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty hyper is, is almost how I would, I would, I would describe it. And I mean, again, you know, the GABA is the same way as the serotonin as all the neurotransmitters. Again, it comes back down to gut health, gut infections blood sugar, you know, just getting your overall body system right, figuring out what those food sensitivities are, um, you know, everything else that's going on in your life. And one thing I haven't touched on is trauma and emotional events really deplete neurotransmitters. You know, I, I talked about my commute increasing, you know, 10 minutes. I mean, that's minor. Like people come in and they're like, well, I should be able to handle this. And I'm like, let me tell you my story about when my neurotransmitter just hit a wall. And of course I pushed it to that point, but I mean, you know, whatever it is that, that pushes you to the point where, you know, you just don't feel right anymore. And when you feel that anxiety all the time, like you can't get it to stop. That's a, that's really challenging situation to be in. That's so important. I think one thing I hear of more and more is just the level of people's anxiety, just mm -hmm. constant, anxiety and definitely if 
you're not sleeping through the night, that creates a cascade of issues. People that have gone without sleep, you know, month in, month out, it's really hard on the body. Right. And I mean, ultimately, you know, you should not feel GABA because you should not be, GABA should not be able to cross like that, like taking an oral GABA supplement. So it's a good indication that you have a leaky gut and a leaky blood brain barrier, which means, you know, GABA isn't a band aid that you want to do long term. I mean, it's definitely something that people feel find relief in short term, but really addressing the underlying problem is important. It's really, really important. So great. And what was the third one you were going to talk about? Was it dopamine? dopamine. Oh, dopamine is why people do a lot of risky behaviors. Dopamine is like dopamine people get psyched about. Dopamine is why people um, do drugs like cocaine. You know, dopamine is why people will have, you know, risky sex, even though they know, you know, better because, you know, sexual contacts that, you know, uh, sexual relations, it boosts dopamine like right up, you know, it's just so exciting. It's our exciting uh, molecule, right? So what we think about with low dopamine, like extremely low dopamine, if we're going to do characters, right? Um, I would think of Eeyore, like, you know, <laughs> whatever he said on like Christopher Robin, like sacrifice the donkey, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> So cute, you know, he just is like, you know, so self-deprecating, so down on himself, you know, but we all have these ranges, again, of dopamine deficiency. So, for example, someone says, I'm not rested after long hours of sleep. A lot of times that's a dopamine deficiency or um, I don't feel motivated to do my taxes, like a procrastinator, if you would think of, it's also like dopamine deficiency as well. Um, another one that I commonly see is easily distracted from your tasks um, and, you know, also like feelings of worthlessness. So it's a different type. You'll hear people say if their doc put them on an SSRI, for example, like they'll present to somebody with, with uh, I would say, like depressive symptoms, right? Um, it, said, it looked a whole lot like depression. They say, you know, I feel like I'm kind of depressed or I feel like it's kind of the same, you know, and they, they're, they're like, I just don't quite feel right. And so generally serotonin, well, serotonin and dopamine are on a teeter totter together, which means if a patient is given an SSRI, a lot of times it's a good bet that their dopamine might be a little bit low since, you know, it's on a teeter totter. So ultimately patients are describing this low dopamine cascade and, and, and a lot of people can use that motivation to get up and go um, to do some of these things. Like, oh, if someone's procrastinating doing their taxes, if someone is saying, you know, I just feel so like this inability to handle stress and I have these self-destructive thoughts all the time that I can't get through, you really think of dopamine. Pretty powerful. It's, it's really, really um, a very common neurotransmitter. They laugh out of here because I give so much dopamine. And I see it also as um, like a man that has night sweats or um, a man that has low testosterone and is just kind of like, eh, and has like a low libido or something like that. Um, sometimes that can be traced back to dopamine deficiency. So are you actually giving dopamine like in a certain formulation? Like, is it in a capsule? Is it yeah. the actual dopamine you're giving? 
No, I give it in a capsule. So I give um, the precursors for both serotonin and dopamine. So I give the precursors to make dopamine and serotonin themselves. For GABA, I actually give a liposomal GABA. So liposomal means it's really absorbed in the mouth. And um, it, it, I just have found better results with that. When I've given the precursors for GABA, I would say I have about a 50% success rate. And some people it makes so anxious that um, that's just not good when you already have somebody that is really stressed. That makes sense. What's the precursor for the dopamine? Well, it's gonna depend. So you have your B vitamins as well, right? You have, um, you're gonna have phenylalanine. So um, are the big ones in tyrosine. Interesting. So tyrosine boosts both of them. Wasn't it tyrosine you talked about? Trip, tryptophan. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. So again, you know, and one of the one things that, you know, I'll, I'll see um, a patient come in and they'll really struggle with, um, you know, with neurotransmitters because they've got, they're a vegetarian and they won't eat protein and they eat carbohydrates a lot of the time. And so you'll see like a lot of the neurotransmitters be low across the board. So that's just FYI. So a lot of times you do need the precursors. And if you're digesting your food well and you're eating the protein to make some of these precursors, it actually really, really helps you make these neurotransmitters on your own, as long as you have the right microbiome. So amazing. I mean, I can't even, I am just sitting here imagining some of the symptoms that you, you know, worthlessness and procrastination, lack of attention, inability, you know, to handle things like um, some of the serotonin things, the high anxiety. I mean, these three alone, like how many people are having all of this or at least you know, one or the other, it's gotta right. be, do you have like numbers on the people that have neurotransmitters? I mean, has any study ever been done on that? It has to be through the roof. Not that I've ever looked at, but I mean, I know that antidepressants are like one of the highest prescribed pharmaceuticals. And I mean, yeah. they're, they're just touching one. And I mean, again, you know, well, Butrin has a different action, right? And then you talk about like Xanax has a different, you think about all the people that have been given, like that you've talked to, level thyroxin or Zoloft or Wellbutrin or something else that has helped boost these up. It's so true. Right. I just think, I just think you need to be talking about this. all the (laughs) You know, mark your calendar and say, when I talked to Shauna, she told me I should be talking about this around the world. I think it's such a valuable conversation. And I mean, and you'll see problems with like, for example, in, in a case with uh, low dopamine, People have been able to get off Adderall, for example, with doing dopamine, so increasing dopamine, right? Because a lot of times people are put on Adderall for narcolepsy issues as well. Fascinating. So when you really, like when it really comes down to it, you know, if you can boost these neurotransmitters, you may not need these additional drugs, right? And some of the, it was an interesting case. This was really funny. Um, I had this patient come in and she was, um, she was just concerned about lack of motivation. She had all this PMS issues. She also had PCOS. And PCOS, we know, you know, polycystic ovary syndrome is a side effect generally of um, blood sugar dysregulation. Also, you know, elevated testosterone in women. Um, but her husband came in with her and said, you know, she's doing great. You know, you fixed all these things. 
but right before her period, she wants to rip my face off. Like she is so mad. She's so moody. She's just like, she's, uh, you know, over everything. And so ultimately it wasn't really a hormone. There's definitely a hormonal imbalance in her case, but the irritability actually came from dopamine deficiency because dopamine is over the adrenal gland and the adrenal gland regulates hormones. So when you think about these neurotransmitters, this is a top-down regulator. So, you know, these are, these are brain chemicals. So the last thing I treat on a patient is going to be, you know, progesterone, estradiol, testosterone, what, DHEA, right? Because those are so much lower down on, on the food chain, right? And if you can get like brain and gut and all these other things right, generally, hormones will fall into place. And in this particular case, she had low dopamine, which mimicked symptoms of like, for example, uh, hormone dysregulation. So, oh my gosh, this is like groundbreaking. I just, you need to go on every show everywhere <laughs> to talk about this. I mean, really. So where can people go to take your tests to find out more about you? Sure. So, um, our website is short for alternative family medicine and chiropractic. It's www.altfamedmed, um, and you can, we have it under our patient forms. You can try that. We also, I think, are bringing up quizzes. I think we have quizzes up that are actually just for neurotransmitters, so you can poke around the website and find that, but we have a lot of information on neurotransmitters themselves. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I just feel like people are going to be listening to this going, um, yes, I need to look her up immediately and, and talk to her about all of her amazing knowledge. I, um, I asked all my guests four questions and I'm going to ask you the same four. Um, and it's just sharing about your journey and your path in life um, based on a process I take people through called the anatomy of transformation. And the first step in the process is truth. Because I believe when we discover something new or discover a really powerful truth, that it can be a catalyst in our life. It can take us in new directions. So what is a big truth that you've come across on your journey that really took your life in a new direction or your work in a new direction? You know, I think a big truth that I've found is what most of the population is doing. I do the opposite. Um, I think that, you know, my journey for health and my journey for feeling different and doing things different than what we're told has taken my life in a completely different direction and trusting my intuition and what I think is right versus outside forces has really taken my life somewhere special. So amazing. We are all about that on this show. <laughs> and you couldn't have said it better. The second pillar is release. And when we come across a powerful truth, like I'm going to do things based on my own intuition and not just follow the pack, what had to be released for you? Whether it was like ways of being, perceptions, um, worrying about what other people thought or felt, what was it that had to go? You know, I think something that I personally even still work on is people pleasing um, and saying no. So the first thing that had to go was actually saying yes all the time. And if something didn't feel right to me, I had to learn how to say no, which was so hard. Um, you know, can I help you move? No. Um, that was very, very hard for me. Um, and just to see, sit how sit with how I felt and what I needed at that, at that time. Um, so that was huge. And I think just 
the people pleasing part was another thing that had to go, which I think I sometimes slip back in and struggle with occasionally. Um, but I've gotten so much better with that as well. So those were the two things I think that had to go. That's amazing. And what is the third pillar's experience? So what happened in your life when you started saying no and when you started listening to your own intuition? Oh, boy, my friend group completely just disintegrated. I'll tell you that. Um, I think I think initially what happened was shocking. Like I, I felt pretty alone and I felt... Um, like that was definitely a challenge to stand on my own two feet. But then I started slowly meeting people that um, I felt like I could trust. I didn't feel like I had to be somebody else around them, or I felt like they accepted and loved me for who I am. And I think that that's really what we need to have is love and connection and to be seen by the people around us that are so close to us. It's so true. The fourth pillar is a line, which is really about community and about attracting community that's at a similar frequency to you and that can support you and grow. What is it for you that keeps you in alignment? Is it the people? Is it practices or rituals? What is that? Yeah, so I'm into really extreme sports. <laughs> so this is like very different. Um, so. For me, like I do ski mountaineering, I do pretty heavy hitting mountain biking. I It's exercise, honestly, for me, exercising and spending time with people that I care about and talking about things that get me excited um, and, you know, taking walks and all those things to just come back to center to do something different because I work quite a bit. And so I think that that really keeps me in alignment being out in nature. Oh, yes, it does. That is so beautiful. Well, I am so glad we had this conversation. I think people will definitely be reaching out to you and be so helped by the information that you shared. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Mm -hmm.